Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sing to the Lord, the podcast that breaks down how the Lutheran hymnody is preaching the gospel. I'm your host, Mason Van Essen. What you're hearing is the hymn, All Glory, Laud, and Honor. Welcome back to Sing to the Lord. We have Lars Olson and, as always, Zachary Brockoff with us this week. Thanks for being here, both of you. Thanks. Very nice to be here, Mason. This week we're talking about the first day of Passion. Um, it's both the Sunday of the Passion, Palm Sunday, um, and we are discussing all glory, laud, and honor today. Yeah, it's a the most common hymn probably for Palm Sunday as Peter walking into Jerusalem. Um, but I'm sure Zachary has more to tell us about that. So uh, the first question is, you know, we normally sing it. Do we have to sing this hymn on Palm Sunday? You're legally obligated to. Well, some congregations would think so, right? <laughs> that it's not Palm Sunday unless you sing it. The thing we can say about this hymn is that we know the, the church generally has sung this since probably the ninth century. And it was written with Palm Sunday in mind, though it, though it references um, a couple of psalms in addition to the Palm Sunday accounts in Scripture. Um, the story that sort of goes with the hymn um, and, its, and its origin, although we're not quite sure how much of this is true, we, d- we do think we know who wrote it. We can start there. So in the hymnal, the tune name in the bottom right-hand corner of at least ELW is uh, the German Um, But uh, in some hymnals, you'll see a different tune name uh, printed of uh, St. Theodolf, um, who was a bishop in France. This is who we think wrote the hymn. The story goes um, that uh, he was jailed for uh, plotting to kill the king. This is one of our great Christians here, <laughs> ready, ready to um, murder somebody in uh, the name when of Christ. Not, in of the course, name of Christ, right. I'm sure. Yeah, actually, that wasn't entirely clear. But in any case, <laughs> the story goes he's in jail, and. Um, uh, and he he uh, began to sing this hymn, and he was released. Isn't this great? <laughs> sort of a legend. So we're not we're not quite so sure about that. But um, I think what the story really is trying to get at is that the text has some staying power enough that that we continue to sing it uh, today. And so um, that's the, the the little story that goes with this. And unlike most medieval hymns, we can actually attribute this one to somebody. So that's not always the case. But in in, in this instance, we think we know who wrote it. Um, so uh, of course, it's often sung in procession uh, on Palm Sunday. Probably more than um, it, it seems to have that kind of character to it in uh, in four four time and something that you can walk into even children often right we we process in this way and part of that probably is because of what the refrain tells us um, not just that we give glory laud and honor to our redeemer but also that uh, children uh, sing sweet hosannas here and um, it's a little bit of an odd reference because it comes later, actually, the next day. It says children are in the temple singing, and uh, the leaders come to Jesus, and they say, what is what is this about? And he says, haven't you heard um, that, uh, it, that it's written 
uh, out of the mouths of children, you know, will come praise to God. Um, what's interesting, of course, is what the what the children are singing is Hosanna. Um, of course, the prayer, save us. So um, this is how God is actually praised, right? When we recognize um, Christ, not simply as some triumphant king, but actually as the redeemer. Um, so in ad- addition to being a catchy refrain, it actually says something about what Jesus is there to do. Um, so uh, the refrain works well in that way. Um, the other stanzas, obviously, they're picking up, uh, I said, a couple different texts, Psalm 118, Psalm 124, some of the, the Passion account. Um, I particularly liked uh, stanza two um, because it, it starts to um, join our singing on Palm Sunday, not just with in some, I don't know, weird nostalgic Bible way with uh, the first Palm Sunday, Right? This is not sort of a reenactment of, of, of Palm Sunday, um, but instead it says we're actually joined with the company of angels praising God, and, and, in more, and more than that, um, that we do it in reply, which is really interesting, um, and in a way I think it's better than singing with the company of heaven. We actually get to reply to what the, <laughs> the heavenly hosts sing. So, um, every week in worship, if we're, if we're um, uh, involved in a service of Holy Communion, uh, we'll, we'll have the Sanctus that's sung, of course, of which Hosanna and blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord appears. But just before that in worship, we say something like, um, uh, with the hosts of heaven, we join, we join with them and sing the unending hymn, right, of yep. heaven. And that, of course, is then this Sanctus that rings out. So, um, I like to think that when we're saying we're joined with the company of angels here, what they're singing is that same refrain, Hosanna, blessed is the one who came, comes in the name of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And we're simply replying with confidence, this is the one, mm-hmm. right? This is Christ. Yeah. So um, stanza two seems to join us in a, in a much broader way than simply trying to recreate Palm Sunday. And I think that's helpful. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're right about that. And to to recognize exactly what you're saying, that's a really nice way of putting it, that when we're singing out Hosanna, we're saying, come and save us. Uh, and that's actually what the, um, the, the cry is from, the, from, from creation, to come and be our redeemer. Um, it's not just to throw general laud and, and honor towards Christ, right? Like, right. Uh, here's some jewels and, you know, uh, take my money and whatever. <laughs> um, it's, it is that is what gives him uh, praise is to say, you are savior. You, to, to confess, that is to make reply as to what he has said he's going to do to you and for you to then turn around and say, do that for me. Mm-hmm. We call that uh, making use of a promise, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you promised me mercy. You promised to save me. I'm saying, come and save me. And that is finally what, uh, um, what Christ wants to hear. Yes, yes. Christ, I have come to save you. And in the name of, of this hymn, all glory, laud, and honor, I mean, we commonly think of glory as what you just said. It's glorious. It's jewels. It's, it's, it's this high earthly mm-hmm. earthly. Uh, uh, throne, but Jesus's glory, you, you have to pivot it a bit where it's his death and resurrection sure. are his yeah. glory. So yep. right, right along those same lines. 
Yeah, well, and that's where the hymn actually goes. So after we're, uh, we've, we've sung with the company of heaven, then in, in stanza four, um, even though we're singing something of a rousing refrain here that, that people like to belt out, um, the festive nature of how Palm Sunday might begin, you can't hide really the truth of what we're finally celebrating um, in this week as we begin. Because Christ rides in triumph to his passion, to the suffering, to his suffering and his death. And, and so the song we're offering then, um, uh, well, stanza three says our praise, prayer, and anthem, simply the things the church always brings before, before Christ. Um, the melody we raise is one in thanksgiving for the passion. So uh, the hymn won't let us avoid that. Um, you know, sometimes, and there's there's varying um, opinions on whether you should read the Passion on Palm Sunday or not, and how that originated and why. Um, one of the worst, I tend to think, is, well, we'll save that for later. Um, I understand, of course, we're going to do this later, but that's sometimes the entire reason. And <laughs> the hymn won't let us avoid the Passion here. Um, it, it's very much connected with, with uh, his entry into Jerusalem. Yeah, that fourth that fourth stanza is um, really key to understanding um, either Palm Sunday or Passion Sunday. Sure. Uh, before your passion, we sang your uh, their hymns of praise, calling for you to save us. Uh, now, when you're high exalted on the cross, now uh, now we see this, um, and we're saying uh, that's what we've been asking for, not uh, whatever glory we thought we were cheering for. Right? right? It wasn't uh, uh, um, come and take the throne of David. Um, that's what we often want, sure. and yet uh, before your passion, we, we might have had some other idea, but now we have to see you high exalted as the cross, and that's what we're singing for. Yeah. Uh, the other, the, the final stanza, I can say one other thing, I think, before uh, we, we conclude on this hymn, but um, it, we, we talked a little bit about uh, the children singing Hosanna at the beginning, and the fifth stanza says something of a curious thing, that that. Uh, Christ accepted their praises, and uh, n- then we pray, accept the prayers we bring. Well, I, when I read that, my first thought was, well, what in the world does uh, our saint here have any clue whether Jesus took these and liked them, right, <laughs> these praises? <laughs> and uh, what business do we have saying this? But then we have to go back and um, think about the prayer that the crowd's offering, of course, which is Hosanna and save us. And that Christ takes that prayer. He doesn't just even uh, accept his uh, fine, but he's he's really he's going to answer that. Then yes. <laughs> take their sin and forgive them. And so now, when we say accept the prayers we bring, well, it's the same one. Um, and so, really, this is a call to say, can we hear this same this same word, this same promise yeah. now? So. Um, the stanzas are actually short, and, and when it's coupled with this refrain, which one person um, is convinced it's uh, sort of, the tune has sort of become deformed, <laughs> that it was never intended to be a refrain, they've messed with the poetry, but whatever, we go into that another time, perhaps. Um, the stanzas fly by pretty quickly, right, when, yeah. <laughs> when you're going, and so to take some time and, and just think that through, I thought would be helpful. Nice. What other hymns could we sing to to launch us into to Holy Week. I mean, we've got this mainstay one here, but are sure. we, any alternatives? Yeah, we do, and I think it depends um, what uh, angle you're 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 looking at this. If it's if it's Palm Sunday specific, or if you are dealing a little bit more in the Passion, some can be more helpful. One that seems to do that 
uh, quite well is um, Ride On, Ride On in Majesty, and it's present in most hymnals, in ELW, LBW, um, and, and most Lutheran hymnals, to different tunes, so you can, you can choose your favorite. Um, but it's clear in that particular text that uh, Christ rides on in majesty to die. The hymn, <laughs> the hymn makes uh, no apologies for this. Um, ride on, ride on in majesty, in lowly pomp, ride on to die. So it's very hmm. clear about what's going on. And it's actually, it's, a, it's, I think, more clear than all glory, laud, and honor, and can be a nice contrast uh, to the hymn we almost always sing. Um, the other one might be My Song is Love Unknown, which is a little bit more of an artistic uh, picture of, <laughs> of the passion. Um, but it joins both the hosannas of Palm Sunday with the cries of crucify uh, in the middle stanza. And, um, that, and one, tell- that one's kind of like just even haunting even. It is. The, the, the tone of it. It's not unpleasant. It's just that no. it kind of lingers there. And, yep. Uh, yeah, it's in po- powerful. Tune. And I think that's, in diff- that's to different tunes as well in different hymnals. So... Um, uh, I like, I, I much prefer the one that's in um, ELW in the new hymnal, um, uh, and it has more of an association with the text in other Christian circles, so that seems to be a good choice. The other hymn um, is one that I think works well for the contrast that we see on Palm Sunday between Christ in in power and in triumph riding in, and, and then also that he's doing this in meekness, in humility, <laughs> Um, and uh, it's a hymn we've talked about before, uh, but Holy God, Holy and Glorious, um, which is more of a modern hymn, and it is the theology of the cross, finally, um, but we'll, we'll contrast that power and weakness and how these things go together. So it's not a Holy Week-specific hymn, but I think it, it gets at the paradox that we're dealing with oftentimes on this particular day. Thanks for joining us this week on Sing to the Lord. Check the show notes for Zachary's stanza-by-stanza commentary, as well as a list of other hymns we recommend. See you next week.